And welcome back for another episode of Studio CPO. This is Stephen Buck, President and Chief Executive Officer of Care Providers Oklahoma. We're glad you've taken a few minutes to join us. And today I am I am candidly excited, Jeff, to have you join me um, for this for this session. Please have Jeff Dismukes. Jeff is the executive director of DBSA. Uh, and before we explain about what that role is, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career and and how you have progressed to this moment? So I'm uh, I'm someone who entered the behavioral health field reluctantly, uh, mm-hmm. and and it wasn't something that I ever really had on my my radar. But I have lived experience uh, that really elevated the issue of behavioral health in my life and in my family's life. Uh, And I was very fortunate to be surrounded by uh, some incredible people on this journey, Steve Buck being one of them, who really helped me to shape my opinions and my understanding of behavioral health and and also to be able to talk about the successes that I've had uh, in my recovery journey. Again, because of the people around me, I had excellent access to care. Uh, I, I had people who were encouraging and gave me hope and, and helped me to understand that wellness was the goal, despite of everything that, that I thought I knew about behavioral health when I had my diagnosis. And I realized as we went through this and as I had an opportunity to come into the behavioral health system and work for the Department of Mental Health for 20 years, as director of communications, I, I realized that the access that I had is something that everyone should have and, and that I could make a difference in one, telling the story, but then also understanding the system and, and seeing where I could be relevant uh, in helping to change processes, change understanding within the public and knock down some of those barriers that, that keep people from receiving the, the types of services that, that I was able to access. Uh, I fully believe that behavioral health issues are things that we can identify, uh, we can diagnose, and we can treat successfully as long as we get people to the right services at the right time. And that's what I've dedicated my career to, is ensuring that people are able to access those services and where we have those gaps I want to come in and, and fix it. So I'm going to, I'm going to deviate a little bit here of what you might have expected. Um, our core audience for this particular podcast works a lot with the federal government. Right. And just so that you can have an empathetic ear, you actually worked for NHTSA for a little bit. So you know all about the rigor of working with the feds. I understand federal government. So I worked with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration for a number of years uh, and worked with states and state programs and oversaw the funding that was going into those states for those programs. I've also, in that role, worked at the community level mm-hmm. uh, in developing uh, special initiatives. After that, I was a contractor for the Department of Justice and actually built a regional community policing training institute uh, in Oklahoma. And I worked uh, around our region, uh, so in Texas and Louisiana and, and really nationwide, uh, in implementing those practices and, again, having to understand some of the challenges that are out there and how to navigate uh, through that federal system. So, Jeff, now you work for an organization known as DBSA. Now, you, you mentioned earlier um, in your commentary that you and I have known each other for a number of years and we're, we're co-workers and colleagues. So, 
my level of awareness of what DBSA is is certainly higher than the general population. But for our listeners, what, what exactly is DBSA? So DBSA is the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. It's a national organization, and we are the Oklahoma uh, chapter uh, for, that, for that organization. Uh, we work in a space where we are able to provide support to individuals who have lived experience and, and are trying to navigate that system. Uh, and as I've come in, that's really been a, a focus for me is the navigation piece and adding that to what we do so that we can help people take advantage of those resources that are out there. And if they're having trouble identifying those resources, help them to connect. And beyond that now, what we are, are really focusing in on is how can we move forward and be a voice within policy? I believe that uh, the thing that has been missing uh, in many policy discussions has been the voice of those Oklahomans who have experienced behavioral health disorders. And, and I believe that there is a great deal of knowledge uh, there that we can utilize to, to move forward and really correct the system. I'm, we want to change the behavioral health system for the better, move it away from silos and find ways to integrate care, to find ways to uh, knock down some of those barriers that exist. I've been very involved with parity issues, so insurance issues mm -hmm. uh, related to behavioral health. And I, I believe that that is probably one of our biggest barriers. And I'm excited about what's been happening at the state level uh, with parity. Uh, I'm excited the fact that we have a legislative body now that really gets it, that, that knows these issues, that wants to make a difference in it. And really, when you think about it, I'm trying to change how we look at, at this and, and other health issues in a different light. You know, I believe that, that improvement within this system and across the medical system is an economic driver for our state. Mm -hmm. That uh, by investing in these services, we can help businesses grow, uh, help businesses with workforce advancement, help communities move forward, uh, and so that we can all be the best that, that we can be. Uh, and so that we can thrive. You just said something um, as you walked through that. Um, economic development, workforce infrastructure. One of the reasons I wanted to invite you as a guest for this podcast is, um, and, and you can reinforce the statistic, there, a large number of Oklahomans um, experience mental health challenges. I, I, at one time, I know we were number one in the nation. You may have more updated statistics. And so it is highly likely that among our workforce, um, working in, in long-term care across the state, that there is a representative body of employees who are likely experiencing mental health challenges or their family members might be experiencing mental health challenges. And, and this is something true to my heart. I feel strongly about uh, serving individuals who are experiencing mental health challenges. So from your perspective, the work you're doing now and then your, your long area of work in the, in the field, what advice would you give leaders who are running organizations in how to create a culture and how to serve individuals who might be experiencing mental health issues or might have that within their family. There are some things that can be done to create a culture that's helping, correct? Correct. Uh, there are many things. So just to understand this, in Oklahoma, there's 600,000 to a million Oklahomans every year who are experiencing a substance use or a mental health disorder. That's a quarter of the and population. A, a quarter of our population. And that's what I keep trying to get across to people. And, and frankly, 
That might be a conservative number. But these are people who need some level of assistance, not the most seriously ill necessarily, but that's off, that is part of it. Uh, and so I think it's important first uh, for employers to, to step back and think of how this impacts uh, the workforce, how this impacts job performance. You know, Oklahoma has, uh, has increased the number of mentally unhealthy days that, that the workforce experiences. Now, what's a mentally unhealthy uh, so day? So a mentally unhealthy day and, and when you're, let's say, we'll just say depression or substance use disorder, it is making it to where they are not able to be at work or if they are at work, they're not able to perform. Present but not engaged. Correct. Correct. Okay. And so, you know, these are things and these are statistics that everybody has access to. And certainly we're making those available to, to more organizations. So we understand the impact on the workforce. Uh, so it is a an issue that that we must come to grips with and must understand. These diseases impact beyond the individual. These diseases impact our communities and they certainly impact the workforce and, and how that workforce, how you're able to recruit uh, and how you're able to maintain a, a healthy and engaged workforce. So I think it's important that we, we first understand that as employers, and I'm an employer also, uh, I have to understand how this impacts my employees. Obviously in my world, we talk about this on a daily basis, but I also think that's important within the workforce and, and that employers uh, have open communication and, and really work on this. Also, I think what a really simple thing to, to get people started, look at your insurance plan, what it is that you're providing to your employees. Make sure that you have a robust behavioral health plan. Make sure that the, the uh, providers within that plan are actually accepting uh, your, your, client, your employees. Um, but then also really trying to uh, move forward and see what other gaps there are so that you can encourage your employees to take advantage of these resources that you're paying for. You, you need to be able to access them. So, Jeff, a little stigma busting here, right? right. I mean, it, it, I, I'm going to wade into this conversation as a, as a chance to um, dispel some myths that may be out there, right? Um, there is no prototypical mental health treatment, right? Correct. Meaning that some people may respond very well to a pharmaceutical agent. Mm-hmm. It might be helpful. Mm-hmm. For others, it's chalk therapy. Mm-hmm. For even others, it's their own self-awareness and their own action plan they may have for how they want to respond. And for some, it's a combination of all the above. And there are certainly other support groups, as right. an example. Yeah, that, right? Which is what we do. Right. So, I mean, I, I think in... in Taking the original question I asked a step further, I, I think that one of the keys, I certainly know in my career, is as leaders, it is incumbent that we have a general understanding and appreciation of the landscape of how people might respond to a mental health engagement and that we know how to help them find access to those, right? Because they can come through a myriad of places. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, there are, again, simple things to do. Educate yourself on suicide prevention. And these resources are out there, and they're out there for free, uh, so that you can uh, become more aware uh, within the workforce of what you're seeing and how, how to respond. Uh, there, are, there are many paths to wellness and to the the understanding that I think we need to move to is that word wellness. Uh, I don't think that's always been associated with behavioral health. Uh, and we've, 
we've moved through the the process of our understanding of it. Steve, you know that at the department, I used to kind of get myself in hot water every once in a while because I would talk about things that were different than what the belief at that time was. And there was a time where we believed that, well, all you can do is hope to get in front of this and manage it and you're just, you're gonna be ill and, and you have to live within that. But, and for some people, that disease can be very advanced. And, and when I talk about wellness, I think there's different degrees of wellness. And, mm-hmm. it, and it goes back to multiple factors and, and the, the resources and the education that a person has. But we need to understand that as we move through this, people can live their best life. And, and, and again, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's about getting people to the right services at the right time. And that could look very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think from within a workforce, if we can start and have an open conversation, sharing information, and really what you were talking about, stigma busting. Uh, take the time to understand what these illnesses are yourself. Uh, I, I would tell anybody that if you haven't been in this field, uh, our opinions and, and my opinions were focused before I had a diagnosis on what I thought I knew. Uh, there's much more that we don't know. Uh, and what you see on the surface with these diseases is not the the bulk of, of what you really see. We think about it now, and you think about that 600,000 to a million people, not everybody is ill and incapacitated to the point that they can't do something, yet that's what we have a picture of. Yeah. Uh, many people still think about the old asylum system where you mm-hmm. lock people away in, in warehouse, and, it's, and I hear lots of things around that, but that's not what this looks like anymore. Uh, behavioral health is an exciting medical field. Uh, there are advancements every day. And look at me, I'm an individual who had, you know, I, I talk about this at, at the drop of a hat, so I don't mind talking about it here. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Uh, and for me, when I first heard that, I thought, well, this is a death sentence. And a lot of people think about that as like, oh, well, bipolar disorder, you're dangerous and whatever mm-hmm. other stigmas that is out there. I don't think I walk around with a sign on my forehead that says bipolar disorder. And I think that most people who engage with me would think that I do not meet the stereotypical thought of what bipolar mm-hmm. disorder is. Again, I receive the right types of services. And, and earlier, the earlier we get to this in the disease process, the more successful we can be. But also remember that many people go years and years and the disease has advanced before they reach out to those services. It's gonna take longer to recover. So anything that we can do to engage early is a is a great thing. Jeff, I'm, I'm going to transition and talk a little bit about the people that we serve um, collectively, our mm-hmm. membership. And, and one thing I want you to know, um, this state has prioritized reduction of antipsychotic use among our seniors in nursing homes. Uh, and we went from a state performance in the low 40s to we're in the upper teens now. Mm-hmm. Significant improvement compared to our peers. So I, I think that's important and laudable. Um, so I want to make sure to grant the praise on that. But um, as you and I talked about earlier, uh, there are a lot of different ways to address um, mental health needs. Right. Sometimes it's pharmacy. Other times it's it's the way we interact. From an organizational standpoint, how, aging itself presents interesting dynamics as it relates it to behavior. And if somebody is having a co-occurring issue with a bipolar disorder or whatever the case may be, it can get pretty tricky. Any quick words of wisdom of how to effectively engage with a senior uh, that you'd want to offer? 
Well, you know, I think, again, it goes back to understanding that population and challenges. And one of the things I've been looking to, Steve, you brought up something that's important to me. It's as we look at the incentives that are out there within the field as far as reimbursement with moving from uh, the antipsychotics and, and behavioral health meds, um, I see a real need for us to be involved in this space, also working forward to advocate for providers and other mm-hmm. payment options that are out there, enhanced payment options and the ability to engage and, and actually help with workforce development so that you have access to people who can deal with these different situations. I've promoted uh, the use of peers within this space and, and individuals who have a background and a billing capability uh, to, uh, to be able to work in and, and, uh, and help with some of these challenges. So with the aging population, I do think you, you run into to various challenges there that we need to look at and we need to understand because you have so many other uh, issues and illnesses that mm-hmm. are, are coming into play here. Uh, and, and that goes back to the understanding of, of how to respond. I also think that there's an opportunity to learn from the providers who are out there doing this work in cross collaboration with training and, and other opportunities. But something that, that I've become aware is I've, I've looked at this is not just the aging population, it's the younger population that's coming into need and engaging right. within this, this space. And they provide very different challenges. Uh, and uh, I, I think to be able to address that, it's gonna, we're going to have to open up those opportunities for collaboration. We always, in our, our podcast, I'm going to transition to leadership now. Um, anytime I interview with somebody, I like understanding what has really shaped their professional development. Right. So is, is there a, an axiom or a theme that has been consistent as your career has advanced that, that you would like to, to share with our audience? So I, there are many things, actually, and I've learned from, the, again, the great people that have been around. But I think one thing that I kind of pull back to uh, and that I talk about a lot is I, I, do, I tend to do things a little backwards. Um, mm-hmm. As we, I want to really get down on paper where it is that where I want to go, and I want to focus that. Now the road to get there might be very very different, uh, but uh, I want to talk about where I want to be and start building out the pieces uh, that move me towards that. So and goals oriented, go, very goal or oriented type of type of focus. Now with that though. Uh, I've learned that you have to be able to pivot. And uh, I think I, I use an analogy, and I've been talking about this a lot. I go to the OU Texas game every year, and I've been doing that for why since the you, 1980s. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, I understand that you don't want to do Fair it. Fair enough. But, uh, okay. but uh, I've been enjoying this since the 80s. But I know that there are going to be barriers on that trip to Dallas. My goal is to get to Dallas. And uh, I know that bridges are going to be shut down. I know that we're going to have traffic backed up everywhere. Something's going to go wrong. So I know every exit off of I-35, and I know how I have to route around, which can be really difficult, to get myself down the road and where I might be able to get around those stops. It's the same thing in, in how, in, in kind of my, my uh, direction as I move forward, I'm ready to pivot. Uh, if something's not working, I'm fine. Go ahead and let's move off in, into something else. Sometimes I have to take the time and really, really kind of work something through, but I'm ready to, to move on that path of least resistance uh, mm-hmm. and, and achieve what I, I need to achieve. And I think one other thing that goes along with this, 
And I had a, a boss with NHTSA, actually, who used to talk about this. She used to say, don't come to me with complaints, come to me with solutions. Uh, and, and I think that's part of it. We, it's very easy for us to get caught up in everything that's negative and everything that's not working. But let's make an assessment of what is working. What can we expand? Uh, what can we support and, and move forward with? And then how can we go ahead and plug some of those gaps that are out there? Uh, I always have three solutions when I go into anything. And I, I did this one from a perspective as, as a communications director. Uh, I al always wanted to have three directions that I could go. And you know, I had my priority and if that didn't work, I went to plan B. If that didn't work, I had plan C. Uh, usually we were able to take it uh, by plan C, but Steve, I think you and I probably had a couple of times when even plan C went out. We, we may have exhausted the alpha yeah, band on a couple we, of occasions. We might have. But, yeah. uh, but I think that's an important thing is to always come in with solutions, always come in with focusing on what's, what's working to your benefit, uh, and then go from there. And it, it, it changes your mindset uh, when you look at it that way. Uh, and uh, something that is, is extremely overwhelming may not look quite as overwhelming. Well, Jeff, it, it's been a delight to have you in studio with me today. I really appreciate it. J Jeff, we've, it's over a thousand hours probably that you and I have sat. Some of them recorded, right. some of them filmed, some of them just talking as right. we walk through some of these challenges. So I consider you a great friend. Thank you for everything that you do. My guess is that if anybody listening to this wanted help in doing an in-service with their employees or anything like that, you would be a willing partner we in that? We would be welcome uh, to, to come in and do anything that we can to support you, including if we have to come into an area and set up support groups specifically for employees, we can do that. And I actually have, so understand also, I have peers who work with me to do okay. this. And, and when you think of, I want you to understand that I have RNs and I have attorneys and I have professionals who, who do this also. So it's uh, in, in a mix of, of people, but they're all, they all have lived experience. They all wanna help others to navigate through this system quicker. Uh, and we wanna help people to, to be well. And, and I think we're a tremendous resource and always happy to work with anyone. How can they find DBSA Oklahoma? So dbsaok.org on the website, and you can reach us through dbsaok.org. And I will give you my direct line, which is 405-590-2932. Respond to text messages and, or calls. Uh, just reach out, and I'm pretty easy to access. Well, Jeff, it's been a delight. I appreciate you joining us in Studio CPO. And for our listeners, look forward um, to another episode in a couple of weeks. Thank you, sir. Yeah. This is Stephen Buck. Thanks for listening to Studio CBO.